Hi, I'm Casey Hobbs, host of Nurse Talk Radio, one of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Here's what we're talking about this week. We're here today because Alina Health continues to ignore the voice of their nurses. Instead of listening to what nurses say, Alina is intent on telling them what they need. Why on earth would an employer do that to nurses? That was Minnesota Nurses Association Director Rose Roach talking about a planned strike against Alina Health Systems by Minnesota Nurses Association. The nurses have been attempting to negotiate in good faith with the hospital for months to no avail. The nurses want to keep their generous but relatively high-cost union-only health plans. Alina wants them to shift into its corporate plans. Those offerings have a lower monthly premium but come with larger out-of-pocket costs than do the nurses-only plans. Alina wants to shift $10 million in health care costs to the nurses at a time when financial disclosures report $1.3 billion in net profit over the past six years, with $130 million in net revenues in 2015 alone. As if that's not enough money, they got to get more. Yeah, but here's the backstory. Now we're going to follow the money. Here with us is RN and Juris Dr. Matthew Keller. Matthew works with Minnesota Nurses Association as a regulatory and policy nursing specialist. Recently, MNA requested a meeting with U.S. Bank in order to save Alina money. Matthew, welcome to Nurse Talk. Please give us some background about what's going on here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, so there's just a whole lot of money um, going out from Alina to all these different businesses on its board of directors. The U.S. Bank is just the latest one in a series of um, business deals with these big banks that Alina is making. So hospital is taking, it's, it's talking about $880 million in debt? How, how is that possible? The, this $880 million Alina has in debt, that hasn't actually gone towards patient care. That's the debt that they use to buy other health care systems, um, to buy new buildings, those sorts of things. Most of that is held through Piper Jaffray, which is also uh, a member of its board of directors going back to 1993 when they had three directors on the board. Um, so that's not necessarily a debt that Alina has taken on to improve patient care. That's just debt they're using to buy up other health care systems. At the end of the day, if you look at this money and the amount of money that we're talking about, I think that what's really going on here is that Alina just wants to get bigger and bigger, increase efficiencies, as it would say. Right. I don't get how $880 million in debt allows you to buy more. You're in debt so you can buy a bunch more? I don't get that. <laughs> it's like it's like Trump, man. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't explain that well. So the, the $880 million in debt is in the form of what's called bonds. So they take on these bonds. They get this money from investors. Um, then they have that money to spend on these other healthcare corporations. Now, when I say $880 million in debt, it's not as though a line is actually in the red. They're not. When you look at their total net assets, they have $2.3 billion dollars including all of their cash, their investments in the stock market and whatnot. And that $2.3 billion is accounting for that $880 million in debt. So, wow. again, it's, it's, it's complicated and confusing stuff, but it's big money for a nonprofit healthcare system. Yeah, and so I want to know, one, how was this uncovered, but also why is a hospital investing in the stock market? I don't understand, like, is this common or is right. this... Right, yeah, that's what they do now. I, I think that there's... Some of that is common. I mean, we, we do want our healthcare systems to be stable financially, of course. However, I'd say this is going well above and beyond that. Um, so there, most hospitals do have a certain amount 
uh, they could operate for a couple months at a loss if they needed to. Uh, but Alina have never really operated at a loss, just to be honest with you. I think actually in 2009, at the height of the recession, they made something like $330 million in that profit. Yeah, and how did you uncover all this? How did, how did we find out this is going on? They have these, all nonprofit hospitals are required to file what are called Form 990s. Um, and that's just, a, they're supposed to show what the healthcare systems are doing to improve their community, the community worth, the community assets. So these Form 990s are about 230, 250 pages of financial disclosure. So we've just been combing through those, and the more you look at it, the more you figure out what's going on the more shady stuff you come up with. And it's right. just kind of sad that that's the way that the nonprofit healthcare system is working. Interesting. So M&N has called a meeting with the U.S. Bank. What do they hope will happen? I mentioned Piper Jaffray a little bit. And an interesting thing about this backstory is that in 2007, Alina made this deal with Piper Jaffray and UBS banks um, on what are called auction rate securities. And before your eyes roll into the back of your head, like mine did when I started learning about auction rate securities. I'll just say that these deals were very bad. Um, the banks made the deals with Alina when they knew that the market was about to tank. And when the market did tank, Alina ended up losing millions upon millions of dollars on these deals. Eventually, they were able to refinance um, through U.S. Bank, but the deal is still on pretty poor terms. So Alina's still losing these monies uh, with U.S. Bank. So we were hoping to ask U.S. Bank to perhaps refinance that. But unfortunately, um, U.S. Bank's, the fee would be something like $25 million if Alina were to refinance this bad deal and now holds with U.S. Bank. Again, we see that U.S. Bank is on the board of directors as with all of these deals that we're talking about. Getting back to patient care, these losses have to affect patient care in some way or another in staffing levels and just the general operation of the hospital. So how is it affecting it at that level? I think that at the end of the day, as you guys know, as nurses, nurses are kind of putting a good face on the care that's delivered to the to the greatest extent possible. If they're short staffing, nurses always do a great job of of not letting the patients know that and doing their best to not allow that to affect patients. Now, of course, in some ways it does. It's not possible, but maybe the patients don't even know about it sometimes uh, because of the hard work the nurses are doing. Um, but at some point, I think that when you see this kind of money um, being lost on things that don't involve patient care, that, yeah, it, it is going to affect the care that patients are receiving. Or at the very uh, very best, you're at least losing some opportunities to improve staffing, improve nurse-to-patient ratios, those sorts of things that we do know improve the quality of care that patients receive. So how is this affecting the current nurses' strike? Well, you know, the, the original thing that caused us to look into it, this was when the CEO of Alina Health, Penny Wheeler, said that she needed this $10 million um, from the nurses to then invest in patient care. Mm. So that kind of caused me to say, well, if you need $10 million for patient care, then where is your money going that, you know, you, you can't get that somewhere else or you need it? And at the end of the day, they don't need $10 million for patient care because it wouldn't go into patient care anyways. It would go into buying out some other health care system somewhere else, just right. like all of this money is going towards. Right. Well, also $10 million away from the nurses. The nurses are the patient care. So if you're taking the $10 million from the nurses, you're taking it from patient care. You know? Yeah, it's hard to follow the logic when you're talking about Alina, though. It's hard to follow. So what else would you like the listeners to know about this? 
we just heard this morning that Alina and the nurses were negotiating for something like 22 hours trying to come up with a deal. The nurses agreed to even eliminate their health plans. All they wanted in return were better nurse-patient ratios and better security guard staffing, and they just couldn't get it. Um, So I, I guess what I'd like listeners to know is that when it comes to these hospitals, we as Americans, especially us here in Minnesota, we need to stop looking at nonprofit healthcare systems as these benign entities that are out yes. there to help us. Absolutely. That's um, for sure. They're operating as big businesses. They're being run by big banks, and that's how we need to treat them. That's awful scary, Matthew. Yep, well said. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've been talking with RN and J.D. Matthew Keller. Matthew's a regulatory and policy nursing specialist for Minnesota Nurses Association. For more information about this topic or about National Nurses United, visit nnu.org.